Panic disorder, rage, severe depression On top of all that, I'm stressing uh -huh. Took a blind date to my therapy session And then tried to kill her Her first impression was I'm groovy I gotta be, I need a lumbotomy yes. But when I press play, trouble leaves up out of me Fuck the real world and my fat ass stuck in Cause in my music, hotties are fucking Woo. expression Getting out all I wrote Depression, ripping out all your throat And if my hearing was ever to go Mass murder would be inevitable I'm a Welcome to another episode of Maniacal Music Musings. That's right. Your favorite musers are back once again. I'm your host as always, Jeremy. And, you know, I want to rule the world. That's always been my dream since I was a little kid watching Pinky and the Brain. I want to rule the world. It's my anthem in a way. And I'll be singing it till my ghost opera commences. You know, you could set me straight, but... I'm just going blind on this earth, trying to make my best way forward. My co-host, though, mm, he is a gift for you in a way. He's louder than words. He goes against the tide, riding a black star like it's his anthem. And in the silence of the darkness, he will give you a morning star and ride his night goat into oblivion. Motherfucking Chancy Grife! Hi. <laughs> every time, every time, it makes me laugh. Every time, if we get if we get the guests to laugh, it's an extra bonus. But it makes me laugh every time, and that's the point. So, <laughs> but yes, your musers are back once again, and we are here to entertain you with our musical choices. And we can't do that without a guest. And our guest this week is C.J. Plain, the music god host of the Noise Report podcast, and he runs his own YouTube reaction channel as well, which I've watched a few. They're pretty freaking awesome. So <laughs> check, check, check them out. Check them out. But CJ, how are you doing tonight? I'm awesome, man. How are you, how are you guys? Well, I know you're awesome, but how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm getting ready to start these college courses to learn to be a record producer and um, life is good, man. I woke up on this side of the dirt, so, you know, that's, uh, it's always a well, good start to the day. <laughs> well, Munchkin's rooting you on, so there you go. But, <laughs> and yes, we are here as always to, to discuss, enough rooting, Munchkin. We are here as always to discuss these albums three, which we have brought forth this week. And as always... We get to, we are the generous, kind people we are. I said enough rooting. And we are here to start with our guest albums, of course, because that's just how we do things here. So, CJ, what album did you bring, and why did you bring it? I brought uh, Wish Upon a Black Star by Cell Dweller. hard choice because I had I had three or four that I was kind of waffling back and forth about but really wanted to do this one because 
this is such a great record. It has so many different styles and soundscapes in it. And the guy, it's Clayton, you know, is an absolute musical genius producer. Um, worked with everybody. He's worked with Chris Angel. He's worked with, you know, a who's who's list of other people and um, kind of a one-man show. So what you hear on this record is basically Clayton being Clayton, you know? So, <laughs> um, but it's, it's really a record, I think, more than anything that, like I said, I had so many different sounds and styles in it, you know, between the, the dubstep and the electronica and the metal and the industrial side to it and, you know, the kind of atmospheric Floyd stylings that are in it. And it's really, even with all of those different elements, it's still very melodic and uh, it's a concept record, you know, it tells the story of Black Star, Planet Black Star, and uh, it's, it's a killer record to me. It's one of my, it's one of my top five records, so. Nice. Well, Chanty, I'll let you go first this episode. What did you think of his record? I mean, honestly, the, I, it wasn't, I wasn't ready for it when I first listened to it. But I mean, I got ready pretty quick. Um, I'm I'm a fan of you know of a lot of electronic music, whether it's electronica, you know EDM, dubstep, uh, standard old school techno stuff like that, and then you know like the industrial element with that metal inclusion. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised that entire section of instrumentals. I thought that was pretty. I thought that was a pretty. And you know, honestly. To be honest, when I was looking at the track list and listening to it, I was like, so we finally went out and found a guest that wanted to fuck with me. All right. All right. Here we go. Cause it's got it's got it's got all of my things. The only thing it's missing is like skit tracks. You got a good solid intro, you got a solid outro, you got a solid section of instrumentals. And then, you know, it's got a good, it's got good it's got good music in general, but then I'm thinking to myself, like it's got all these things that just tick off all the boxes for any other show that we do. I was like, I was like, this guest is fucking with me. <laughs> it wasn't that at all. Like I said, it's just, um, it's one of them records that really, you know, I'm very eclectic in my music taste. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, Pink Floyd or Blue October, whether it's Charlie Daniels, B.B. Uh, King, Bob Marley, whether it's Slayer, Creator. I like different sounds, and I love it when artists think outside of the box. And this is one of them records where I can put it on in the car when I'm driving, and it makes me want to drive fast, you know, because it's got that heavy bass. It's got that beat to it. It's melodic, so you can sing along to it, but it's got that kind of dubstep edge to it that makes it that aggressiveness and it's really just a it's an adventurous record in that aspect of he does so much on this record that you know but it's still even with all of the different styles clashing together he still keeps it together and it's very melodic and listenable 
and it's not like abrasive like say machines of loving grace per se where it's just very abrasive to listen to um you know i i admire clayton a lot because you know the dude really <laughs> is a terrific songwriter and instrumentalist and whatnot so and i mean well one it's funny you mentioned Slayer and BB King because we actually had one of our first episodes that we had the first episode we ever had a guest on. They brought um, I want, Eric Clapton and BB King. Yeah, they brought Eric Clapton and BB King's "Riding with the King," and nice. and um, we also Chancey brought Slayer. Um, it's raining. Raining blood. blood. Yeah, is that the name? Of, is that the name of the album? I didn't think it was. That's yeah. What I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had both those artists on this show before. The other ones I we haven't had on the show, but I'm sure like I'm sure we'll get there eventually because we every episode it's always new artists. But well, from the guests usually, from us it's not always new artists because we like to bring a lot of the repeat artists on, whether it be Dog Fashion Disco or Nightwish or Powerwolf, but um, yeah, among others. Love Nightwish. Oh my man, I should have brought fucking Nightwish then. It would have been like the it would set a record for like the fifth or sixth time I brought him on. But <laughs> no, it's. It's, you know, it's funny, like, my music collection, I've got, like, 2.7 million songs across about 100 genres. Um, so, my big challenge is when I do stuff like this, it's finding a record that is different, but not so out there that people haven't heard it. Like, one of my first thoughts was, I'm going to do Maximum the Hormone. That's, like, one of my favorite bands. But they sing in all Japanese and they're so kind of left field that most people don't get it other than the shock factor of, you know, they listen to Miss or they listen to Maximum the Hormone and they're like, what the fuck did I just listen to? Because it's so all over the place. Um, so I, I tried to choose something that was different, but at the same time, you know, not completely out of left field and not unlistenable. Um, right. And I didn't want to do any easy picks either. Like I could have easily done Beastie Boys License to Ill or, oh. um, you know, I could have done Esham or I could have done Nadis oh. or I could have done. Um, oh. You said you know, Esham. You said Easy, Esham. easy, Jeremy. Yeah, easy, like, Jeremy. Dude, like, I, I'm telling you, like, I get this all the time. When people see my nickname, the music god, they think it's, oh, he's just being cocky, but it's really not. Trust me, my musical knowledge, it's insane. Like, it's right. beyond most people. And it's not just one genre. It's 100, 150 genres from all over the world. You know, I can talk about music from Kazakhstan. I can talk about reggae, punk, metal, jazz, blues, reggae. I can talk about Mongolian throat singing all day long. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, I have this stupid knowledge of music that is completely useless for anything other than stuff like this. <laughs> so, well, I, I think we found a recurring guest here. But <laughs> and the fact that you said Esham just made me jump with joy, like I just had my first orgasm. But <laughs> I love Esham. I've been listening to Esham since you. way back in the day. Like I live, I, I live right near Detroit, so 
Oh, okay. Um, um, oh, Juggalo by chance? Yeah. Long time. Juggalo. My man. My um, man. Oh, you know, I get this all the time. Like, here's the funny thing. I'm not an Eminem fan. And I'm well known for this. Everybody, Eminem's the greatest of all time. My ass. He can't be the greatest of all time. He's not even the greatest in Detroit. Thank you. Thank you. What do you mean is not the greatest in Detroit? <laughs> Fat Father, King Gordy, Race to Five Nine, Aztec the Butterfly, Foul Mouth, Bang Belushi. I could go on all day of rappers who would absolutely eat Eminem alive. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've been I'm, I've been listening to Esham since. I see it. Showing that off a little bit. <laughs> you know, I've been listening to Esham since Judgment Day One. You know, um, I the first episode of this show, I brought on Boomin' Words from Hell. Well, that's that's a, that's a whole vibe that most people won't even get, man. Or, or Nottis, uh, Life After Death. Yep, that's and another I mean, record. That, that was that was one of the records because I, when I listened to the one show, I seen the uh, Isham Boomin' Words from Hell episode, and uh, that was my very first thought is. I'm gonna bring Nadis life after death. I would have loved you if you did. I would have, but I, I, I was kind of like, I think it's just gonna be kind of beyond most people's no brain span, I guess. But um, oh, well, but I'll come back anytime, bro. Like I trust me, I can do this for hours and hours, all day, every day, and not even scratch the surface of <laughs> what I can well, bring. So you know, I. We, I mean, shit. We, we'll see how this goes, but I mean, yeah. it could definitely be a monthly thing, even because we love people who actually know music to a point where they actually can go different genres and stuff. I mean, a right. lot of people we bring, a lot of people we bring on, they like like one or two genres, and that's it. Like, you try to bring on something else, and they're gonna be like, like Chancey tries. Like, even the last guy we had on on Saturday, Chancey brought Lamb of God, and he was like, eh, "It's a little too heavy for my taste," but no. I... And like, oh yeah, there you go. But <laughs> and, 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 uh, a, a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Like me and Chancey are both brought on stuff that guests are like, "What the fuck?" Like I brought on Scum yeah. to a show, and Chancey was sick and not feeling well, so he couldn't even finish the record. And our guest was like, "I couldn't even like listen to a couple of tracks." He's like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Well, and then let alone they thought that it was my record, not yours. Well, that's the funny part. They thought it was Chancey's record because he has a. It was a friend of ours, kind of, and he has he, he and Chancey's known for having a sense of humor in our circle that's kind of morbid. I mean, my sense of humor is usually more sexual in nature, but nice. um, so I mean, they when I brought when I brought Scum, they immediately thought it was Chancey's album, and I don't even remember what Chancey brought that that, that, that episode. But I mean, it was, it was fucking just, it was uh, Biggie Smalls. Oh yeah, you bought you you bought Notorious. And, yeah, I brought I brought fucking uh, Life. Uh, what is it? Ready to die. Yeah. Yeah. And like they, they that was my album. And that was the funny part. Cause like I brought scum because scum's one of my favorite. I've seen scum live. I got pictures on Facebook with scum at a bar. So like doing nice. doing do, doing Jaeger bombs. So nice. I've seen Gigi Allen live, so oh nice. Nice. I stood far back from the stage, but yeah, I was gonna say, did you have like sheet <laughs> did you have plastic sheeting no, up? We were, or? we were at the very back of the club by the bar, but um we were it was a blind pig in Ann Arbor. 
it was after one of his prison stints, he had been out for about a week and a half and did a show at the blind pig and, you know, typical chaos ensued. And um, <laughs> he ended up getting arrested for cutting some guy with a beer bottle because apparently his parole officer, he couldn't be in possession of a weapon. And even though it was a beer bottle, it was broken. So the parole officer basically said it was a weapon and he violated his parole by being in possession of a Jesus. weapon. It was yeah. like, uh, come on, that's a gray area, dude. Like, you know, it's uh, not like he's carrying it around in his pocket or anything. Or Yeah. I mean, you know, it's GG Allen. He might have been, you know. I was going to say, that's not, yeah, don't put anything past old GG. Yeah. But so. the funniest thing was, the scum concert we went to, I took my cousin with me who was not really a juggalo by nature, but okay. like he like will go to these concerts with me because he finds them fun and he likes to go out and drink and have a good time and smoke a shitload of weed. So we went to a scum ex scum ex murder boys, Lex the Hex Master, nice. and a couple a couple local artists, like and like all of a sudden, like we're rocking out the scum as the final act on stage, and scum starts humping a uh sack that's supposed to be a dead body. Nice. And my cousin's like, what is he doing? And I'm like, that's supposed to be a dead body. He's humping it. My cousin's like, I'm going to go sit at the bar. Tell me when this is over. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, not everybody gets scum like yeah. us. us I'm, like my I'm the old too. school juggalo type. Like, I'm the guy who knows about Simkin Heights. I know about Lucifer. I know about Q Strange. I know about... Uh, you know, <laughs> I think most people have long forgotten. So, um, I I haven't met Q Strange, but I met I met a guy named I met a rapper named Q Tip who's done stuff with like Manuel yeah. and stuff. Q so. Strange, he um he did three records. He only did three records, and they were concept records about a serial killer, and they were very good records, but they were very different records like they were very high art i mean it was it was very very juggalo ish horrorcore style but it was very high art in the sense of like which, which most juggalo records are not high art they're just basically yeah kill, like kill, it was, murder 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 rape 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 yeah yeah like like if you can if you can kind of imagine ksr1 doing yeah. a juggalo style record that's kind of what q strange did okay you, you just gave me three records to listen to then because i love krs1 and the picture of him doing a juggalo record yeah. is just beyond my fantasies yeah like but, like it's it's a it's definitely a horrorcore record but q strange is he's a very talented rapper he uses a lot of very technical words and a lot of he's a much you know, he's more of the Chino XL type of rapper than he is, say, the Violent J type of rapper. So he says a lot of big words and a lot of technical words, and you're kind of like, okay, you don't you don't hear a lot of horrorcore rappers using no, I know, mean, Blangada well, and shit like that. You know, or, I mean, when you when you hear ICP straight up say, "I'm back like a vertebrae," like you get used to yeah. low brow lyrics. So, but um, thing like there's. There's a place for all of it. Like, yeah, there is. It, it really, it's, you know, music is one of the things to me. Like, look, if I don't like something, I just don't listen to it. I'm not going to talk bad about it. And that's the thing with Eminem. I don't hate Eminem. I just don't connect to Eminem. 
See, Eminem has never said anything that hits me or connects to me mentally and makes me want to listen to it. Now, NF is the complete opposite. Even though he sounds like Eminem, I relate to NF because he talks about his struggles with depression and his struggles with his mom dying and shit like that. And I relate to that personally because I've dealt with it. So I'm cool with NF. In Wait a minute. You, you, know, say, you say NF. I never heard of NF. You've never heard NF. I mean, maybe I have. The Christian, but I think... the Christian rapper who sounds just like M. No, okay, I definitely I Christian rap alone. Oh, like, dude. the only Christian rap I know is ICP. Technically, dude, NF is NF is an amazing rapper. Okay, but what sets him apart is his videos are mind-boggling, bro. Mm. Like the dude that. This kid works with to do his videos. His videos are like fucking Spielberg type movies, man. Like the the way he'll do a video and it'll be a piece of a story. Then the next one will continue and it'll continue. And he's done this over six records with the black balloons and the rooms going from room to room, signifying different emotions. And it's mind boggling, bro. Like it's this kid is just a different kind of artist, you know, like he sounds like M. like when you hear his voice, you'll definitely, there's no denying. All right. If we have you back on, bring your favorite album of his. And I already have an album I want to bring for you. Cause I know you'll appreciate it, but I'm not okay. going to say what it is yet, but I want to bring it. I, and I've been waiting for someone to bring it with that. Cause I know chance you will like it, but I need, I, I need a guest to appreciate it. And, it's either right. you or it's got to be like this juggalo juggalette couple I know who are. Watch me. Have you heard of a rapper? Have you heard of a rapper named Casket the Monster? I haven't. No. You should check him out. He's he's been in our show before, and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm friends with him and his. Uh, oh, actually, his wife in like five days, but like they both been on our show and. She started yeah. rapping now too, and like he's he's actually a decent rapper. He's a wrestler as well. He's a amateur wrestler, but he's a he's a cool guy, and his rap's really good. Like it's right in the Juggalo scene. But they actually just came out on they came out and commented lately on Facebook and Instagram, like and did videos about like the whole Violent J pedophile thing that's going on right right now. But I haven't heard anything about that. Well, basically, Violent J is getting blamed for doing what every rock and rap artists does and not IDing people when they come on the bus. But we won't go into that now because this isn't a, this isn't a political show about that type of shit. But <laughs> but as far as your album goes, mm -hmm. I have never heard of Sal Dweller to today and mm -hmm. I am disappointed in myself for that fact. Because one, I it's progressive metal, which is what the internet defines it as, as, as far as you want to take that. But I a lot of the bands that are in progressive metal I've heard of, including some of Chansey's favorite bands like Dog Fashion Disco and Mashuga. But I I like a lot of bands in there as well because they're also symphonic metal bands. They're classified yeah. as, which kind of you know, we'll get into more into that when we break to my CD. But um, <laughs> so I never heard of Cell Dweller. I enjoyed the fuck out of this CD. Like my wife actually made me leave the room because she didn't like it. But I. <laughs> I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and I was getting hints though of, like, it reminded me of when Corn did um, 
the thing with Skrillex. Yeah, when they did the thing with Skrillex, I can't think of the yeah. name of the CD right now. I think it's Chaos right. Theory or something like that. But this that actually this actually came out about probably about six years before that. Yeah, I know I know it's that, but I mean it that's what yeah. reminded me of right away is like the thing Korn yeah. did with Skrillex, which I love that fucking CD. So like that right away yeah. like gave me good vibes. And then well, in some of the in some of the songs, I could it almost sounded like he was Chester, like from Lincoln Park. Yeah. He, like I could hear I could hear Chester's voice in some of the songs. I was like, Yeah, what the fuck? Like I'm like, I like I messed my wife, I'm like, do you hear Chester from Lincoln Park in this? And she's like, No, but she never hears she never hears right here in music. So I mean yeah. I'm, not, I'm not surprised by that. That's, just but that's the thing with Clayton. Like Clayton can be very melodic or he can just let that you know that heaviness out and he can really just effortlessly kind of slide back and forth between the styles and he mixes them so well like you know everything on that record is Clayton he plays every instrument he produces everything he samples everything you know that's just his thing and you know I mean the dude it's a higher level of thinking than most artists do it really is like your typical musician and producer could not mix that many styles together cohesively and make it sound as good as Clayton does, you know, and Clayton, you know, he only does a record every five or six years. And that's why, because he's, you know, he's kind of a mad scientist. Like he, it takes him that long to fit all the pieces together. And what's cool about it is even after that Clayton, well, when he released this record, um, after he released the record on his website, he released all the stems, all the samples, everything for all of the fans. And he said, I'm having a contest. I want you guys to take all of these stems, these samples and remix these songs and send them to me. And if I like them, I'm going to put a record out featuring your samples and whatnot you know and he's done numerous records like that where you know um and this one he did one called black star remixed and it's just a whole bunch of internet people <laughs> who took all of his jigsaw pieces and added their own flair to it and there's some really amazing remixes on that record of people you know some are famous some are not and I love that, you know, he does that because that shows a level of, again, interaction with your fans. You don't see most artists do. You're never going right. to see a death puncher or shine down or somebody just be like, yeah, here's all the pieces of our songs. Go ahead and make your own version of it, you know? And what's even cooler is when he does it, he completely credits that person and he pays them and he makes sure that they get the credit and the recognition. And I mean, come on, dude, like that's, that's probably damn near priceless for some of these, you know, a lot of these guys are probably bedroom producers who would never get the recognition otherwise. Yeah. So to have somebody like Clayton come along and say, Hey, here's this awesome DJ who remixed my song and I'm going to put it on a record and I'm going to pay them royalties and whatnot for this remix. That's freaking awesome to me. Like, you know, 
Like that's it is a level of dedication. I mean, I I enjoyed the hell out of it, and it brought me back. It brought me back to a band that I I, I went through a lot of bands trying to pick my CD, which I'll get to in a minute. But like, it just oof. The adventure your CD sent me down brought me back to like five years ago when I was going through like the Wikipedia list of symphonic metal bands, nice. and it was a trip down memory lane and. There are so many bands I have to revisit because they put out new CDs and I had no idea they did. So I got to revisit a lot of bands now and I'm going to be bringing a lot of bands to this show. Sorry, Chansey. <laughs> that are like not probably Chansey's cup of tea, but still, like, it's just bands I love and they are like this. They, I like concept albums. Concept albums are one of my favorite fucking things in the world. That's why I love Nightwish. That's why I love Avantasia. That's why I love a lot of those bands from like Europe and whatnot. And some uh, American bands as well, but yeah. Yeah, that's why Pink Floyd is my favorite band of all time because, you know, it's just, that's what Floyd does is, you know, some of the greatest concept records of all time, whether it's The Wall, whether it's Dark Side of the Moon, whether it's The Final Cut, you know. I, I have to get into Pink Floyd more. I've, I've given them chances before, but I just can't get into them fully. Like, no. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if Floyd I have to drink I don't know if Floyd I'd be like that, or smoking, but no, know. Floyd is like that. Floyd is a band that you're gonna love or you're gonna hate. And you know, I wasn't a fan of Pink Floyd for many, many years growing up. And then I just right place, right time, and I was in the right frame of mind, and it kind of hit me, yeah. and I was like, damn. That's- well, you know, yeah, so. I, I can see that. I mean, I'm in the middle. I don't love I don't love them, but I don't hate them. I mean, right. I love I love um another brick in the wall. Like I love when Corn redid it. I love Pink Floyd's original version of it. Like I love all versions of it, but it's just I can't get into them fully. I don't maybe I'm not old enough yet. Maybe I'm not I maybe I haven't hit that point in life yet where I completely connect with everything they do, but it just maybe I'll get there. Maybe. But yeah. what were your top what were your top five for your album there, CJ? Um so first off, my number one on that record is Lucky One. Um, I love, you know, just the way he sings that one. It something about the his vocal phrasing on that song really just connects with me. Um, secondly, uh, number two, it makes no difference who we are. Uh, it just it kind of reminds me of Depeche Mode in a way, um, but with this really heavier vibe to it. Um, number three for me is uh, So Long Sentiment. I love the way it starts out really kind of mellow, and then it kicks into that really heavy feedback oh, that almost uh, um, reverb feedback that it has and it then it kicks in you know once the reverb kind of mellows out he starts singing like real melodically and it's kind of got this kind of chill vibe to it till it kicks into the heavy chorus um louder than words is number four and my fifth favorite one is birthright because birthright is just a killer freaking song man like it's 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 really cell dweller summed up in a song. It's melodic, it's heavy, it's chaotic. It's got all of the EDM, but it's, I mean, it's really everything that he does perfectly summed up in a song. Um, 
So those are really kind of my tie five top picks for, for hmm. this one. So interesting. We matched on we 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 have two of the same ones so far, but Chancey, or your top five for CJCD? Uh number five for me was uh Black Star. Um number four was I, I believe it's pronounced Eon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number three was Lucky One. I like that one as well. I thought that was pretty badass. I do have to say, though, for an honorable mention, it's basically every instrumental song on that entire deluxe edition. Yeah. Uh, number two for me was Unshakable. Yeah. And number one was uh, The Arrival and The Departure. Because Chance, he loves his fucking, uh, int- he loves his like intro tracks and like his skit tracks, so. But if I have to absolutely choose a song, I did choose the uh, best it's going to get. Yeah. And I, see, I, I knew Chancey was going to love the arrival and departure tracks. I knew it. I knew it. Like, <laughs> like, as, soon as, as, soon as, I, as soon as I'm like, oh, this, this CD has nonverbal intro and ending tracks. Honestly, my very favorite song on this, the Alexa one, I didn't mention it because it's only a one minute song, it's actually only two verses. Uh, it's uh, Memories of a Girl I Haven't Met. Yeah. But I didn't put that one down there because it's only a minute long. And But nah. it's, if you it's like it, you like it. Another one of them songs, like he's, his voice is so kind of mellow and chill the way he's singing it. And there's really no music to it. It's just almost acapella with this really low frequency vibe behind him. So, um, you know, it just, again, like it showcases that Clayton is. You know, the guy's capable of doing anything, you know. Yeah. And I mean, see, to me for this CD, I almost pulled the Jeremy, and which is my name, and I almost picked every freak. I almost just went with the whole CD. is fucking incredible. I can't pick top five. Like, because this CD <laughs> brought me back to such good memories. But I did admit, I, I got two honorable mentions, but I, I picked the top five. So... The honorable mentions I ha- and I didn't listen to any of the instrumental tracks. So I just didn't have time today. Otherwise, no, it's, it's I, I, I've been I've been out of work the last two days because my job apparently had. I left work on Friday, and as I'm getting in my car, I see all these cop cars and fire trucks pulling into the fucking building. I'm like, "What the fuck did I do?" And but like it, it ended up be apparently it was a dumpster fire of some kind. I don't know if it was a dumpster inside the building or outside the building. I don't know. But I've actually had two paydays off in a row now because they're trying. They're still hi- they're still a company and they're trying to clean it up. So, I mean, it's awesome, but it's also like kind of like I got sales to make. Like, let me back in the fucking building, but because I'm a telecom seller, so yeah. I like I need to be on the phone and be on my computer to be able to like make sales. So it's like I got people waiting for quotes. Let me in the building. Yeah. But my two honorable mentions for this were Eon and Black Star because I love both those immensely. I mean, I love this whole fucking CD. I do. Yeah. If I could pick the whole CD in order, I would have, but I just I didn't want to do that. I try not to pull Jeremy's anymore unless it's my CD, and I couldn't even do that for my CD this week. But number five was So Long Sentiment because that is an amazing freaking song. Yeah. Number four was Birthright because, like you said, that's, that's such a good song. That's such a good song. And, I mean, I always say it's my birthright to be an awesome human being, and I am, so, you know. Yeah. And to be a podcast goat, but number three is louder than words. Yeah, because I uh, 
like actions speak louder than words. I've Action. I've loved that saying my whole life. Words. <laughs> yeah. And like that's that song was just amazing. Yeah. Number two was Gift for You because yeah. I, I like the creepiness of that song. Like yeah. it just it has a creepy vibe to it. Yeah. And it remind it reminded me of like a Marilyn Manson song in a way yeah. almost. And like I'm like, what's his gift for you? Is it STDs? Like that's the way this music sounds. It sounds like it's STDs or something. But number one was against the tide because I love your the, the line, you're reaping what you sow, that they say over and over again. And yeah. I am a big believer in you reap what you sow, which certain things that happened over this last um weekend or yesterday kind of made me think of that a lot. So I mean, to certain people, to certain people out there, you reap what you sow. But, but yeah, so, I mean, I love this CD. It was, you made me want to go. I I have to listen to the other CDs now. Like yeah. I never heard, I even asked my friend at work, who's like a huge metal head. I'm like, have you heard of this band? He's like, and like, he, he knows a lot of bands I like too. And that he like, he's yeah. not a fan of them, but he knows them. And it's just like, he never heard of this band either. So I'm like, he might, this is undiscovered stuff. He, he might know Circle of Dust. Because Circle of Dust is the first band that Clayton did, and um, it's more, it's almost thrash metal. It's very I'll, different. I'll ask him. I mean, he likes like he 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 likes like he, like he's going. Yeah. He paid a shitload of money to go to Depeche Mode like concert this year, so that's like his genre of music is like '90s rock because yeah. he's in he's in his forties. That's when Circle so, like, of Dust came out. Is all right. Well, music, so I'll um, I'll, 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 I'll throw a number to ask him that because I'm sure he might know them then. Because he loves yeah. like Megadeth and uh, Depeche Mode, and he he paid, I think either he paid or he was gonna pay a shitload of money to go to like a two day Metallica festival. So, I but, do have to say one one final thing about this. When I when I chose this, I actually forgot that the this there was a disc two to this that was the instrumentals. Um, the reason I chose the deluxe edition even though I forgot that it had the instrumental part is the track listing on the deluxe version of this is different than the main. If you listen to wish upon a black star, the track listing is different than the deluxe version of wish upon a black star. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different order. A lot of bands that have like this kind of music. If you don't listen to the deluxe edition, you're not getting the full story. Yeah. So because their their labels, their label you know. says like cut down to 40 minutes, something like that. Like their label like yeah. tries to hark on like do this, do that. And like they have to cut out songs that make sense. So I trust me, my, my CD had the same thing. So I get that. Yeah, I get like that I, I I had totally forgotten that it had the instrumental section mm-hmm. to it. Um, so I didn't actually listen to the instrumentals because I've heard them a million times, but I forgot that they were actually there. So that's well, kind of cool that you guys did listen to the instrumentals and like them. I, I didn't, but I'm sure I I I know I would. No, what I'm saying like it was it wasn't really my intention to include that, and I kind of forgot it was there. I just meant the 17 track deluxe as opposed to the 16 track, um, because on the 16 track one, departure isn't on it. Departure is a cut that he wrote specifically for the uh, deluxe edition, um, because. Basically, what it was, the difference between the first one and the second one, is when he wrote the first one, it was released in four parts, like four songs, four songs, four songs, and four songs. And then on the second deluxe edition, he re 
he reordered it into the concept album part of it, and then he designed a comic book to go along with it, like an anime book. Oh, so, that's um, that's kind of yeah. like the that's kind of like the band I brought on here a couple months ago when we, we had a pop star on, uh, Gigi Rowe, a pop star. We had her on the show because she was trying to promote her album, and like I brought within Temptation, and uh, I share yeah. a fucking goddess, man. She is, and I, I would, she's I one would of drink that woman's bathwater. <laughs> That sounds, like, that's, that sounds like some something uh, Chancey would do there for Christina Ritchie, but um, yeah, she's she's hot too. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so I brought him within temptation. Uh, I for, I forget what the hell the name of the album is now, but it it had like six com a six issue comic book to go along with it, and like a lot of other stuff to go along with it. Like it was a huge deal. The CD they put out, I forget the name of the CD now, but um, ah. Uh, it had Sinyet on it. Like, you're yeah, gonna love it. I, I know yeah. the one you're, I can't think of the name of it though. Yeah, yeah, it, it was that one. And like, Chancey actually appreciated it once I actually, especially once I told him, like, you know, it had six comic books go along with it. It had like multiple like videos that were like stories to go along with it. Like, it was a big deal. Oh, The Unforgiving. That's what it's called. Yep. The Unforgiving. Yeah, yeah it was the one that had the singer from Life of Agony. Do yes. Yeah. It, I mean, I love Within Temptation. Like, a lot of their, yeah, oh, I I, it's, I don't, I love them, but I also like it's not every CD I love. It's certain CDs right. are those I love. Some CDs are those are just too soft. Like mm -hmm. I need, I mean, they're not Nightwish. They're not Nightwish. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, Nightwish we, isn't Nightwish much anymore. So, oh well, I mean, now that Marco's gone, I don't know what the hell's gonna become a Nightwish. So yeah, but that's a whole nother topic. And we actually just did a Nightwish bracket um last month. We did a two part yeah. Nightwish bracket, and it was. Shit, fuck! I wish I knew you then. I would have freaking had you on it because I wish I had more people on it to actually appreciate the music. But that's what I started my reaction channel with, and I was having so many problems with them blocking my videos and whatnot that I just quit doing Nightwish because it wasn't worth the hassle trying to fight the copyright strikes and shit. They were what? Na is it Napalm or who? I forget who the fuck their label, uh, their Century, label is. Country Media, oh, but it yeah. isn't the label. It's Nightwish themselves. It's oh. Tomas is a real stickler about people reacting to his stuff. So I, I don't know why. I mean, he seems like such a nice guy, and like I've yeah, heard his like he, I've heard his like I've heard his Scrooge McDuck album he did like a like the yeah. comic book for Scrooge McDuck. Like he did a whole like instrumental yeah. track like CD to it, and it's amazing. But yeah, it's, yeah I mean, it's, he's a brilliant musician, but he's he's very anti reaction channel. I don't know why. Anyway, I mean, so you think you. Th you think he'd realize if people actually heard his music and reacted to it, they'd be like, like there's this one um, African American gentleman I love on uh, Facebook Reels that reacts to metal songs he never heard, like mm -hmm. System of Down or something like that. And, like his reactions are think, so. Oh, you know, you think he would appreciate the money we make them? Because, yeah. hey, if I do a Nightwish reaction and it gets 150 thousand views, and my first one did, they get all that money. I don't get a dime of that money. Yeah, they get all that money, so that's 150,000 views that Nightwish got paid for my work, you know. So, but yeah, and I, I, that's so I, I never knew that. that's so strange to me. I yeah. mean, I've heard he's of not like, the only one, he's not the only one. Uh, Mark Morton of uh, of uh, Epica is very anti reaction uh, channel, too. So, okay, I've had, I've had problems with them. I'm happy now because I almost brought Epica for this freaking. Ooh, episode, so I am so <laughs> glad you didn't. 
I almost did because they were on the progressive metal list, and I'm like, I love Epic um, because it's it's um it's Floor Jansen, which is the singer of Nightwish now, and I love her. But and no, it, I, Simone, it's 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 Simon Simone is yeah. the singer of Epica, and I'm not an Epica fan. I'm uh, I, I, they're one of those bands that just kind of go over my head. Like, uh, well, they they rank up there with Ghost as one of those bands that people just hype up so hard and I listen to him and I'm just kind of like wait a minute Chanty that reaction do you like Ghost or no? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know no. but, uh, I mean wasn't it's a what it, is, Ghost just wishes they could be King Diamond. Like to me it's not that the music is bad. No, it's just because the music's bad. It's, <laughs> it's not, Here's the thing for me, like, I don't have a problem with ghost music, but when I see him walk out on stage, I'm thinking King Diamond. So I'm expecting some fucking guitars. I'm expecting some. And then I hear fucking Bon Jovi and I'm like, the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I mean, I could, you know, like it, it doesn't go together. And then I just, like I said, I don't get the hype. I really don't like, and that's fine. Like, if you like them, hey, awesome. Do your thing, boo, because, you know, you're cool. I, I don't have a problem with it. Just not my thing, you know? And mm. I got a hundred other bands I can spend my time listening exactly. to. Exactly, exactly. So. I mean, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'll tell you, out of the symphonic metal list on Wikipedia, and I listen to every fucking band in that list, I like maybe three cores of them, and that's being generous. So, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I get it. Like, it's just... They're not, they may all be in the same genre, but they're not going to be my style. I mean, guarantee you, guarantee you, I've got records in my collection that are not on that list and you would love, you know. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. I I wouldn't be surprised. I like a lot of stuff. I mean, I never heard of Dog Fashion Disco until Chansey introduced me and I fucking love them. So, and Chansey, that was Chansey's first concert ever and he fell in love with them. So nice. No, not my first concert. Oh, I think you said they were your first concert. No, nah, the uh, Pledge, the Pledge of Allegiance tour was my first concert with like Rammstein, System of a Down, Slipknot, American Head Charge. American I'm Head not, Charge. Yeah, I was gonna American say. I think Head it was American. I think you. I was gonna say. I think you're thinking of American Head Charge because they were the I first am. band up. Yeah, because that, that, that's who you brought against Eshop in the first episode because that was your first yep. concert. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. you haven't brought you haven't brought them back since, which kind of surprising. I won't age myself by saying that the very first concert I went to was 38 Special and Iron Maiden opening for Rainbow. Nice. <laughs> um, well, let me say this. We I am a huge Iron Maiden fan, and we will be doing a bracket, a bracket for them eventually because I love Iron Maiden and it will be a definitely be a two-parter because they have so many amazing songs. But nice. was was it with or without Ronnie James Dio? Uh, you're talking about Rainbow? Yeah. Uh, it was right after Ronnie left and um, Jolynn Turner had just taken over. Oh, nice. So it was the very first tour with Jolynn Turner. Um, it was before Bruce took over. It was the very last tour they did before Bruce took over. It was 1982. Nice. It, it was, it was oh, yeah. 1982. So it was before Maiden had even gotten big. big. Yeah, and uh, Thirty Eight Special really hadn't had their big hits yet either, because they hadn't released 
hang on loosely or any of that until like 83, 84. Um, mm. So, you know, nine of, of those bands had blown up. So Rainbow was the headliner. And um, I was 11 years old and the old man took me to, you know, he wanted to see Rainbow. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know who any of the bands were. So at the time, I, and I I forgot that Iron Maiden even existed without Bruce Dickinson. Like I <laughs> I, I honestly yeah. forgot that for a second. But and um, three singers before Bruce. And I'm well, they must not. They didn't do many releases before that. I'm guessing. No, they only. Okay. Um, they had uh Burr, Clive Burr, and then they had Paul Diano. Yeah, and Paul. Another guy who was just very short lived in the very beginning. Um, but I think they did like uh. I think they did like one record with Clive and they did like two with Paul, if I remember. Uh, and Paul was the Paul was the one singing when I seen him. Um so you know it was a good show. Like they were impressive. And uh at that time, you know, that was sort of a new thing to me. Like I I grew up on like Southern Rock and Bob Seeger, Bad Company, that kind of stuff. Um so when I heard Maiden, you know, this was before Sunset Strip. It was before Metallica or any of those bands had really well, come along. Um, so it was a different sound. It was exciting. Like, hey, here's this band just playing like demons out there, you know. And it was they said present impressive, and they said present, and they're not they're not respected in this day and age that they should the way they should be. But that's my personal it, opinion. But yeah. yeah. I, they're definitely respected. They just uh, they are they, they but in more I find they're more respected in South America and like other countries in Europe that's, than they are in America. No, America's a weird place. Like, <laughs> 100 there's so many metal bands that are massive overseas. There's American bands that are massive overseas. Like Mr. Big sells 400 tickets to a show here. But then goes to Japan and plays Budokan and sells 40,000 tickets. All to hear, I'm the one who wants to be with you. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. That's the only song Mr. Big I know. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a Iron Maiden will be getting a bracket eventually because I am a huge Iron Maiden nice. fan. Like I I, my, one of my best friends when I was in 11th grade, he gave me Iron Maiden's. Uh, King Edward or something like that, like a greatest hits compilation. Mm -hmm. And like I fell in love with like Run to the Hills, Bring Your Door to the Slaughter. Like I fell in love with those tracks. And I I love um even his solo stuff. Yeah. Even Bruce's solo stuff is amazing. I've never heard it. I've never heard it. Oh, you never I don't wanna be a tattooed millionaire. Oh Oh, maybe I have. Maybe I have. Yeah. It, it, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he he had the the very first solo one he did was called "Tattooed Millionaire," and it was very melodic, like it was almost more hard rock than it was metal. Yeah, but it still had that maiden sound because it was Bruce Dickinson, of course. Yeah. Um, but brilliant record nonetheless, and uh, you know mm-hmm. everything they've done has been great. Yeah, I mean, uh, what the hell? the name the CD the CD they put out in like two thousand seven or eight. The uh, one they put out with Blaze. Ah, uh, it was like a, it was completely like 
uh, fuck, I can't remember the hell it's called now, but and then they put out Final Frontier. Like those two CDs are my favorite CDs yeah. by Iron Maiden because they're freaking incredible. Like, and the newest, the newest one that came out like a couple years ago, I like, but I'm not the hugest fan yeah. of. That, I, one's, I really, that one's they're a getting, little. They're getting old. They're getting old. Well, that one took a little while for me to kind of. I, it had like a it had like it had like Eddie being a samurai in the cover and like yeah. I was all down for it but like it was the new Megadeth was that way though too it took me it took me four or five listens for the new Megadeth to really kind of the the only Megadeth CDs I really like are <laughs> United Abominations and um, Thirteen nice like those so, are the only two I mean Rustin Rustin Peace I'm not a big fan of but I, I like like those two those are the only two I really like of theirs but that's just my personal opinion. But Chansey, we need to get to your CD because we're 15 minutes in already, and we've been having. I was going to say we should probably go with yours next, since mine's the most unlike all the others. (laughs) You think so? Oh, okay, yeah. I I, I, I was going to say you think so. Fucking, what do you mean? Did you not listen to my album? It was (laughs) your the guilty party made me crawl my way back to Seattle. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, I won't. Yeah, and Chancy, I did listen to your CD. Like literally, I finished it like three minutes before this podcast. So yeah, <laughs> but, I started with CJ's and I went to mine, then I went to yours. But my CD was Camelot's, which goes on for the Second Coming. Which don't you wish you were a As I said, trying to find something to match your CD, CJ, sent me down a rabbit hole that I haven't hit in five years. I used to listen to CDs from different genres. Like mm-hmm. I used to go down to genre on Wikipedia and just listen to every artist in order of their discography. And I almost brought so many bands to this one. I mean, like I literally said a message to Chansey, like a voice message, like I was at work. Like I'm like, hey, just so you know, like Dog Fashion Disco, Meshuggah are on this um list, just so you know. But I'll let you I'll let him tell the story of how I, I did. The one that I almost did, and I wasn't sure, but it probably would have went over well with both of you. I almost did the new Devin Townsend Lightbringer record. And I Devin know De- one of them people who's very people are very polar about Devin, you know. So I was kind of like, I don't know. So I kind of went with this one, but um if I, I come I, back in the future. Definitely, I'm bringing Devin out. So. Well, okay. Well, we already have a plan if you come back the next time, but we'll, we're definitely, yeah, I'm going to try in the future. I'm going to try get something set up with you, definitely, like, for like a monthly thing because it'd be awesome. But I know the name Devin Townsend, but I can't say I'm familiar with any of his music off the top of my head. But it's, yeah. Save it for another show, dude. I'll, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll talk but, for another hour about Devin. But, <laughs> well, see, I almost brought Dream Theater, I almost brought Epica. Like I almost thought like Avantasia or Nightwish because like I'm um, but like they were on the list even of progressive metal technically so I was just like ah I'll stick away from them. But Devin like, is getting ready to go on tour and open for Dream Theater. I so. see, and there's this other band I forget the name of them, but Christopher Lee sang with them a bunch, and like I almost brought them. Like oh yeah, I, that's um um I can't think of the name. <sighs> 
Son of I know a it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. Oh my god, I know who it is too. I just can't fucking. I because hearing Count Dooku sing was like the highlight yeah. of me five years ago. That was the highlight of me five years ago. Was hearing him sing actually on a record, a metal record, a metal record. Oh, I can god, see the name. Gonna, I'm I'm gonna hate myself now because I. All right, I will. I am gonna Anyways, figure that out. Well, yeah. why just my go opera. <laughs> run ghost opera. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What'd you say? I said run ghost opera. <laughs> uh, no, it's ah uh, fuck. But um, yeah, I brought Camelot because Camelot was a band I got into. When I listened to like the symphonic metal list on Wikipedia, and I loved um. I loved Camelot. Like they were just a classic symphonic metal band. Mm-hmm. I love band to tell stories throughout a. Uh, oh, Rhapsody of Fire. That's the band Christopher Lee sang with a lot. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, Rhapsody there of was Fire. Another one too. There was another one too, but maybe that's what I'm thinking of because I I, I, was listening, I was listening to some Rhapsody of Fire like CDs when I was trying to like think pick one for this show, and I'm like none of these sound that familiar to me compared to the one I know he sang on. But anyway, Camelot. Was one of those bands I love because they were like Nightwish, like Avantasia, like they told Man of War. Man of War is the other one that he worked. Oh with. no, I definitely didn't listen to that. I because I I know who Man of War is. I just never was a fan. But I never was a fan. But I know who they are. But Rhapsody of Fire, I did listen to all their CDs. Right. I know that they were on the Symphonic Metal list. So, and to hear Count Dooku singing, like I literally called in my friend who worked with me. I'm like, dude, you want to hear Count Dooku sing? <laughs> but. Because uh, that's that's why I know that's why I know Chris really from besides besides Lord of the Rings, but and I mean it's just he was just such yeah. an accomplished man. I mean he literally was James Bond, but yeah. But Camelot is one of those bands I just love. And when I I was looking through all their CDs, I'm thinking, what CD should I bring? I had a couple in mind, but when I got to Ghost Opera again, I was like, yes, I'm like Ghost Opera is the CD I'm fucking bringing because Ghost Opera is amazing. Like, it's just such a good CD. And until I listened to it today in full again, I forgot how good a CD it was. And I almost brought Arion too, because, like, the Human Equation album is, like, one of my favorite albums ever. And, like, cause it's all about a... Arden and, Luther I, King. I, I, believe it, I believe it's all about a, a father with a son with autism. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole CD is about it. It's about, it's it's about, like, it's about Arden's son. Yeah. And it's about, like, and, like, literally each track is... Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day mm-hmm. six, day seven. And it's like, like I was actually, the first time I listened to that album, I was actually in tears. because like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Like, yeah. this is just pure beauty. But like, it's just so many good bands in this genre. And I'm going to have to go back to this genre. I'm really going to have to because I love this genre. Like, storytelling through music is the way music should be. Like dog fashion disco, or like rap, or like a lot of rappers, or like a lot, a lot of a lot of artists do this. But mm-hmm. symphonic metal just hits the nail through the fucking head, yeah. literally. And I'm sure Chanty could think of a fucking different way to go with that that with that saying right there. But because <laughs> Chanty always gives me shit when I bring Nightwish or Avantage on, but I he really likes do. Them. He like he likes them, but he also like it's not his thing. But it, it's more worthwhile for me to fuck with him than it is to give him the satisfaction of being like, those ain't that bad. <laughs> but CJ, what did you think of Camelot? I love Camelot. I have seen them live a number of times. You uh, I am man. a huge fan of Khan as a singer, Roy Khan. Um was very sad 
when he left to do mm-hmm. um, Conception. Yeah. But go back to it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, people grow, people move on. And um, I don't think Camelot has been nearly as great of a band since then. Um, the new singer is, he's a good singer, but he just, he kind of lacks that fire in the belly that yeah. Roy had. He had and, that voice. Uh, and uh, Roy had a voice that was perfect for these songs. It was very emotional voice. And he had the ability to sing very softly or very loudly, you know, and Roy had that natural charisma that matched the style of what Camelot did. So, you know, that was what made Camelot special was Roy was, you know, such a gifted, not just a singer, but a songwriter and a performer. So, you know, I love this record. When when you sent it, I was kind of like, okay. Uh, I couldn't see him at first because I went to Spotify. So that's why I asked you what it was. And once you told me what it was, I was like, oh, I know both of these records like the back of my hand. So, you know, I, I had to kind of go back and listen to him a little bit. Um, to refresh my memory, but you know, they're both records that I've listened to more times than I can even count and whatnot. So, um, I was very happy because I was really, I kept thinking to myself, God, please don't bring Eminem or don't bring Baby Metal or don't bring some band that I freaking oh, hate, you know. That's funny you say that because, well, one, I actually I didn't say this yet as a juggalo. I personally hate Eminem once he got clean, and I hate Eminem overall in general. But I, I mean, yeah. I can respect I, his first few CDs, but I, I, after that, it's just kind of like, and, and. yeah. And you know, that was a thing. Like, I was just like, you know, I don't mind if it's something different, but I was like, please don't make me sit through something that I absolutely hate. And I just kept thinking, please don't bring something like Drake or Little Wayne or something that I really oh. hate. And, and you would never see Camelot in. And uh, the Melvins, I was like, all right, cool. I'm totally down with these records. Let's go. I was I was ready to go right then and there. Like, you know, so um, yeah, I was I mean, all good with. with and as, as far as baby metal goes, they were actually on the list of symphonic metal on Wikipedia. And I couldn't get into them. Like, I respect them because, like, I've seen the post on Facebook where, like, people try to hate on Rob Zombie for hanging out with them. And Rob Zombie's like, like, other metal artists have, like, commented on Rob's post, like, pictures with them being like, why do you disgrace yourself by hanging out with them? And he's like, they're more metal than you are. It's, I mean, it's they creepy are. to me. It's it, creepy to me. It is creepy, but I mean, like, they, that's the thing with baby metal. Again, it's not the music they perform. It's the look yeah. of old guys with their tongues out over these teenage girls. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Well, I agree. It's, it's not about the teenage girls. It is about the teenage girls. No, it's not. Okay, well then, let me ask you a question. Well, what, what, what? If it's not about the teenage girls, and it's only because Baby Metal are great musicians, then explain to me why Fruit Perchette, Broken by the Scream, Passcode, Umilet, and 10 other bands who sound exactly like baby metal, but are full-grown female adults couldn't get shit on if they were standing in a manure patch 
But baby metal is the greatest thing that ever lived because you have a bunch of teenage girls dancing around in short skirts. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the pedophile factor. It's just all it is to me. Like, look, it's a bunch of old guys oddling a bunch of teenage girls. That's all it is to me. It's not the music because if it was the music, all those other bands I named that do exactly the same thing are in the same scene, are part of the same musical group, have some of the musicians that they share. Fruit Pushette's band and Baby Metal's band are interchangeable. So you tell me why Baby Metal is famous and Fruit Pushette is not. Other than Fruit Pushette are 26 and 28, and Baby Metal is 16 and 18. Are they still, though? Like mm-hmm. now, what are they still? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if they still are, but when they started, they were. Yeah, when and they, they started, still I mean, look that age. It's well, I mean, yeah, makeup does amazing things. You know, and they just added a third member who looks even younger. So, well, I mean, it's it's Japan. They sell freaking panties, use panties well, in many. Machines, I understand, so. but doesn't make it any less creepy. <laughs> it, it doesn't, but Japan's a creepy place at times. So, what can I say? Right. But, I mean, I'm glad you like Camelot, though. I. I had a feeling you would when I heard when I, when you gave me your album. I had a feeling you would like them, but Chansey, what did you think? Because this is not your genre of music typically, and I'm kind of curious. Man, I struggled. I struggled hard, and not for the reasons you would expect. So, like, like CJ was saying. So, like, I don't have Spotify Premium, so it kept skipping about. I didn't get the whole album in a in a, in a single run. So I had to go to Google look up the fucking track list and search track by track by track by track fucking Jeremy I swear to god you you tell me you're telling me that this wasn't on YouTube music or somewhere no it was not there's one fucking song off of this album that's on YouTube music and the rest of it it's in a community playlist yeah. and the rest of it's all from something else you're, you're kidding so, I I freaking no. I used to I, when I was the, listening to all these albums originally. I used YouTube, like I had YouTube Music. The, yeah, so so no no YouTube, yes, because they have the videos and all this other nonsense. But YouTube Music, they have the band, they have all their other albums, but that album's not listed. Yeah, did they did they have the original album at least? Um, no, they they, yeah. they didn't they didn't have um, Ghost Opera. Just Ghost. Opera. No, they didn't have Black, either one of them. Black Halo dominates a lot of music places for mm. Camelot. If you look at Camelot, Black Halo, you'll see over and over and over. Yeah. Really I don't even I don't even know if my top five's off of that album. I mean I'm pretty sure it is, but I looked them up and if I got it wrong, you know what? Fuck you, Jeremy, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, Chancy. Next time CJ comes on, the album that I am gonna choose will be completely on spot on YouTube. Don't worry about that. So, All right. Fair I enough. Know, I already know it is because I used to listen to it on YouTube on a daily fucking basis on YouTube music and all that. So, <laughs> but so I tr- once again I tried not to pull Jeremy on this album. I do have four honorable mentions, but I tried not to pull Jeremy because it could have been eighteen songs said nine. But my honorable mentions are starting with Morning Star because I love the mainly because I love the monk chanting in the beginning. I love that type of shit number eight was in the silence of darkness because that's just a damn good track 
Number seven was the pendulous fall because the guitar solo at three minutes is fucking incredible. Like it was beyond belief. Good guitar solo. And then number six was season's end because it's like literally a perfect funeral song. Like play that at my funeral. Like don't say goodbye. Like we'll never meet again. Like I love that. Like that to me is perfect lyrics. And I, I mean, the whole story for this album is fucking incredible. But number five is Ghost Opera. And Chansey, can you guess why? Because it kind of relates to another song that I'm kind of big on in a bracket we did not long ago. Yeah, who's shocked there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it made me think of the better version of that song called Ghost Love Score by Nightwish. But, but number four was Anthem because that's a beautiful fucking song. Number three was Eden Echo, Eden Echo, because that's another beautiful fucking song. Number two was Love You to Death, which I literally, while I was listening to it in the basement this, this afternoon, editing our podcast episodes, I sent it to my wife and I'm like, if we ever renew our vows, this song's getting played when we dance after we renew our vows. And like that key, that keyboard opening is incredible. And it's Amanda Somerville, who was in mo it was in a lot of it was in like four songs in this album. But she is one of my favorite female metal singers because she is just her, Floor Jansen, Tara, Terja, however you pronounce it. Um, Tarya. Tarya, yeah. And um, <laughs> I, it's Finnish names, man. Come on. And um, that's, that also that's the funny thing. Like, so many people get that wrong. They're like, yeah. Tarja, 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 Tarja. It's not Tarja, it's Tarya. 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 Yeah, because the J sounds like the J sounds like a Y in Finnish, but and her, her Annette Olsen, and countless yeah. others. I mean, um, the the lead singer from Within Temptation as well. But like yeah. they're they're right in my they're all in my favorite um metal female metal singers. But Amanda Somerville's voice is in my top three because yeah. she is just incredible. Every I Man, was looking I at know. I was looking at I was looking at her specifically for this episode actually, and I was looking at other bands she worked with too, and I'm like. I, a couple bands she's in, I wanted to bring, but I'm just like, no, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it like I'm feeling Camelot. But "Love You to Death" is a beautiful song, and it's just a perfect love song. And it kind of reminded me of Ghost Love Score in a way too. The the vibe of it, not really the music or the lyrics, but the vibe of it. And number one, number one, right away it rocked my world, and I forgot about it for a while. But it probably, as soon as I heard it, probably right back to it. Roll the world. Because it has the Moulin Rouge sounding music in the background. Like it has like the Moulin Rouge background music in the background. And I love the lyrics in it. Sometimes I tremble like a frightened child. Sometimes I wake in the morning with a broken smile. Like I can relate to that. Like I felt when, when they said that, when fucking what's his name said that, I felt it. I know he, I know you just said CJ, but I totally forgot his name in that time. But oh, right, right on, yeah. Yeah, Roy. I want to say Roy. Thank you. I, I thought it was his name. I, I, I didn't want to be wrong. But yeah, when Roy said that, like I felt that. Like that... <laughs> that's, that's how I always remember his name. But, like, his that's, that's how I always remember it is Khan. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. I love that as a Star Trek fan. But oh, but like yeah, sometimes I tremble like a frightened child. Sometimes I wake in the morning with a broken smile. Like I felt. Like I feel that shit. Like. That is part of my life sometimes. So I totally get that. Like, 
it's just especially the sometimes I wake in the morning with a broken smile. Like it's just like yeah. I get that. I get that. And like that's part of the reason this album sat me so deep is because of that. So Rule the World is just an amazing song and fuck everybody wants to rule the world. This is a Tears for Fears, this is a better song. So <laughs> uh, but what as the guest, what were your top five songs there, CJ? Um as someone who has seen them live multiple times, lucky um, bastard. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I've seen them at Prague, Prague Power twice. Oh, um, it's one of my dream festivals. One of my dreams. Uh, I've, I've gone to Prague Power five times, um, but oh. uh, mostly I go on the years that Evergrey is there, and it just so happens that three of the years that Evergrey has been there, so have Camelot. So. That's kind of how I, I see them. Is I didn't set out to see Camelot. They They're were kind there. of there with Evergrey. So um <laughs> you know <laughs> they got lucky. They got me in attendance because of Evergrey. But uh, anywho. All right, number five for me, uh, I have Love You to Death. Uh love that song. Number four, Rule the World. Number three for me is Anthem. Uh number two is Up Through the Ashes. Mm. Uh, my favorite Camelot song of all time is The Human Stain. Um, yes. I, I just love the aggressiveness of the song. I love the way that even as heavy as the guitars are, his voice is just kind of really, you know, sort of mellow. He has this almost whispery tone where, like, he's, you know, like he's whispering through the noise and... um has a sort of, even though it's a really heavy song, it has this kind of haunting, ghostly aspect to it that, you know, See, is really cool to me. So, um, those are my fives. For I, I love the Human Stain. It almost made my list. It almost did, but I just, I don't know. It was I kind of it's missed a killer it. live song too. Like it's one of those live songs. Yeah. As soon as I they mean, start playing it, the audience is just like. You know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the when I was listening to it on the album, like I literally like in the beginning I was hyped up as shit for it, and then like in the middle I kind of fell off, and at the end I kind of got hyped up again. But there's just too many other good songs I couldn't put on my list. But I almost have a feel. I almost have a feeling it's gonna be Chanty's number one, but we'll find out. Because Chanty, what are your top five? Uh, number five for me was uh, Bluka. I did that <laughs> mostly because of Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good song. I I could have pulled a Jeremy on my CD and CJ CD. I really could have. I could have. But uh. Uh, number four was Up Through the Ashes. Uh, number th- number three was uh, Eden Echo. Yep. Uh, number yep. two was yep. uh, Silence of the Darkness. Yep. And then uh, number one for me was Solitaire. Really. No, I'm playing. It was the human stain. I knew it. I <laughs> fucking knew it. <laughs> this is how well I know my. This is how well I know my fucking co-host. This is how, because I know when he's gonna pick something as number one. And it, it's because that's the most. It's a killer song, song man. Like it's, it's a good song. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, bad. You know, it's one of them songs that just has a lot of great elements and it's just a well-written song on every aspect like you know whether it's the bass whether it's the drums the guitars his vocals i mean it's just such a well put together song man like it's you know well 
Ch- Ch- see, Chansey likes a lot of bands that deal with like that talk about like political or like worldly things. So I knew Human Stain would be his jam. Hmm. Nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, I love System of Down for that reason, but like, it's just I knew that I know Chansey well enough to know that by now. But, but <sighs> Chansey, to finish this episode off, what CD did you bring, and why did you want to bring it? Honestly, the, I almost brought uh, Raised in Black, which is a pretty fairly unknown band. I haven't really met many people who know who that, that is. That would have gone perfectly with the Cell Dweller. Yep. And uh, I was talking to Jeremy, and I was like, and I also had mentioned it on the previous show. I was like, oh, I almost, you know, I almost picked the Melvins and brought them on there because there was, you know, talk of a lot of, you know, Seattle sound and stuff like that. And I was like, he, and I was talking to him. He's like, he's like, who? I was like, oh, dude, I'm picking the fucking Melvins. I'm, I'm fucking the nah, dude, We're listening to the fucking Melvins. <laughs> so I brought, born. oh yeah. King Buzzo. Fuck. Yeah, man. I brought uh Houdini, which is, you know, I love the album cover, you know, nice double headed dog and fucking just like a, Almost, it's not quite like a Norman Rockwell from Hell painting, but you know, it's pretty close. Kind of is. You know, they're the just like the, all the like the fact that Kurt Cobain helped with a couple of the songs on there. Uh, you know, it's it's a great it's it, it's not I wouldn't recommend it as like a starter for yeah, the Melvins. We're talking about the good aspects of the record, not the bad aspects. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Spready Spread Eagle Beagles. Pretty funny. I mean, that's a good that's a good song. I don't know. There's no words. So what's wrong with that? How's it funny if there's no words? What do you mean funny? It's a good song. You said funny. Well, it is funny. Kurt there's no words? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody talks about how great Kurt Cobain is as a, as a lyricist and this, that, and the other. No words. It's irony. For fuck's sake, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't think Kurt Cobain's that great, buddy. I hate to tell you. I, I, hey, I'm not, I'm not on that bandwagon. This is just what people say. I'm just my, saying, it's ironic wife, humor. My wife worships Kurt Cobain, as I said last episode when we did Nirvana or two, two episodes ago. And there's literally yeah. a poster. There's literally a cloth poster of him in the back of our door. And I think she may look at it during intercourse. I'm not sure. I know. But, oh no, we 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 covered that. I know. I remember. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think she does, but I'm, I'm I'm I have my doubts here and there. But still, it's just one of those things. But yeah, I've always things. I've I've always been a fan of the Melvins, man. Like, just my, their my, will. My my wife was born in '91, like, and that's I think that's like two years before Cobain died. I'm not sure, but yeah, somewhere in there, a couple like two, two, three, four, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, so I mean, like, her mom was a huge. Her mom and dad were both huge in that scene because they were from that era where, where like Nirvana made it big. 
So like she grew up loving Nirvana and she still to this day loves Nirvana. Like she listens to their songs constantly. But like I just I I like Nirvana's hits, but I don't like the other stuff really. I, and, uh, and go ahead. I I have my own polit well, I won't say political. Uh, I have my own reasons for not liking Nirvana that are kind of related to that, but not really related to that. So, um, well, you know. let me ask you this, CJ. Do you think do you think Courtney Love did or no? Um, I think Courtney drove him to it. <laughs> I think he was a heroin addict because of Courtney. But as far as pulling the trigger, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Like, Kurt was Kurt was fucked in the head long before that. So, um, you know, Kurt had a lot of problems that people like to gloss over and kind of deflect on. And, you know, they like to point the finger at Courtney. And I'm definitely not a fan of Courtney and I'm not defending Courtney in any way, sense or form, but you know, to say she pulled the trigger, I'm not a hundred percent convinced of it, but you know, did she egg it on? Did she drive him to that point? Yeah. I would probably say, you know, I'd probably eat a gun too if I had to be married to Courtney Love. So, I mean, in all fairness, you know, I was friends with Andrew Love, or I'm sorry, Andrew Wood. Um, so, you know, Mother Love Bone, very important to me. And, you know, Nirvana only existed because Andrew died and it created that vacuum in Seattle that had to be filled by somebody. And Nirvana just happened to be that band that fell into that and then you know Soundgarden and Hurl Jam and the rest of them sort of <laughs> filled in the gaps but um you know I, I say to this I've said all along and I say to this day if Andrew Wood does not overdose on heroin <clears throat> Mother Love Bone becomes the predominant Seattle band Nirvana is a blip on the radar and never gets famous and Pearl Jam never exists because three fifths of Pearl Jam was in Mother Love Bone. So, you know, um, you never get Temple of the Dog if Andrew doesn't overdose because Temple of the Dog was a direct tribute to Andrew. Um, you probably don't get half of the Soundgarden songs because half of the songs that Cornell wrote for Soundgarden in the end were tributes to Andrew, basically, you know, say hello to heaven and black hole sun and uh, rusty cage. Those are all direct tributes to Andrew, you know? So, uh, it's um, funny because Chanty brought Soundgarden on here before. Yeah. So I love Soundgarden. I mean, I love Seattle. I love grunge. You know, I love grunge going all the way back to where grunge started which was not Seattle, but actually Minneapolis with Soul Asylum and Husker Du and Fugazi and, you know, all of the amazing bands that Bob Mould uh, created before and after Fugazi and Husker Du, including Sugar and Morphine and Sister and all of those bands. But um, 
I'm not going to get off track and ramble <laughs> about that. But, um, you know, well, I'm down with the Melvins. I love the Melvins. I, you know, different kind of beast and uh, amazing band, man, for what they did. Well, it's actually your time, CJ, to bring uh, your review of Chansey's album. I love the Melvins. I love the Melvins for what they did. You know, are they are they technical experts? No. You know, are they ever going to be on a list of the greatest musicians? No. But so what? Because there's a beauty in what Buzz does. There's a beauty in what bands like this did. And it was just the fact that it was raw emotion. It was raw power, you know, and it wasn't about being the prettiest. It wasn't about being the best. It was just about laying it out on the line and burying your soul. And that's what made it great. That's why people related to it. Was it because it was the newest thing or it was the fancy thing? It was because, you know, it was a generation of malcontents who wanted something different than a bunch of guys dressing up in leather and denim. And that's why you got the Melvins. That's why you got the Lemonheads. It's why you got Soundgarden. It's why you got Limp Biscuit and Rage Against the Machine and, you know, all of the bands that came during that generation. It's because you had a bunch of pissed off adults and a bunch of pissed off teenagers who wanted something more than Uncle Tom's Cabin or Cherry Pie or, you know, shit like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love that generation of music, but again, I was excited for grunge. Like I, when these bands started coming out, it was a different beast, man. And it was cool to hear bands that would just play with reckless abandon. And, you know, it was, it was almost like punk again, where it, it didn't have to be pretty. It didn't have to be technically precise. It just had to be aggressive and it had to be loud and it had to, convey something and that's what this record does you know whether you take the kiss cover of going blind and turning it on its head or you have like Copachi that is just this kind of grinding heavy song or you have honey bucket which was you know about four times the speed of what the melvins normally played at it was almost a thrash song in the essence of what the Melvins normally did. Um, so, you know, for a record that wasn't super long or super complicated, there's a lot more going on in this record than people really ever gave the Melvins credit for. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. <laughs> well, let me give my review of uh, Chansey's album here, which Chansey always looks forward to my review of his albums for many reasons. But uh, I absolutely love this album. <laughs> I absolutely, Bad I, time. I, this is one of Chansey's albums that he brought that actually surprised me because a lot of Chansey's albums are like 90s, every band sound like, sounds alike albums whether it be Tool or, which, if I'm not mistaken, 
CJ's favorite album that he told me in email was Tools Anima. Anima. Jesus Christ. Sorry if I can't pronounce a word I never heard it before before you brought it on the show. But <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, I mean, whether it be Tool, Bush, or a lot of the other 90s albums that Chanty brings. Jimmy's Chicken Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. One of the but, funnest concerts I ever attended, man. I'm telling you, like, they opened for 311, and we went to see 311, and Jimmy's Chicken Shack opened, and they were so fucking fun. And 311 got up there and just sucked. It was <laughs> so bad. It was just like, are you serious? Like, you let the opening band kick your ass, bro. Like, and not just a little bit. Like, Jimmy's Chicken Shack stomped the shit out of 311 that day. And it was like, okay. You got this like backwards, like 311 should be opening for Jimmy's Chicken Shack. And you know, and I love saying that name too, you know, Jimmy's Chicken Shack. It's such a it's it's a good name. It's a good name for yeah, a band. it's a great right. fucking name, you know, especially for a but, band. But I mean anyway, a lot moment. of chances a lot of the bands Chansey brought I don't like or I don't prefer. Mm-hmm. I have a better term. Some of the brand some of the bands he brought, like War or Dog Fashion Disco or Oh my God! Who does Purgatory Dance Party? Uh, Polka Dot Cadaver. Or Polka Dot Cadaver. Nice. <laughs> <Like>, I <laughs> haven't heard that name in so long. Like a lot of those bands, like that, like I end up loving, and like I'll listen to their mixes on Spotify just for fucking for shits and giggles. But mm-hmm. like Dogfish and Disco is now one of my like probably top thirty bands. Cause it's a long list, but like they're yeah. probably one of my top 30 bands as well as Purgatory, as long as Polka Dot Cadaver. But like, and I mean, Gwar, I haven't really checked out since he brought that one CD on, but like, I've heard shame on you, I, sir. I, I, dude, I listen to I listen to music for this show, that's pretty, and then other than that, it's just my liked songs on Spotify. Like, I don't check out new shit when I'm driving to work, like when I'm driving to work and driving home, because usually, usually when I'm driving home, I'm drinking or smoking or both, so I just watch stuff I know. But that's why I love this show because it just me new shit. But whether it be you or the guest, and the guest usually brings something I never heard of ninety percent of the time. <laughs> so, which I I love. So, but but the Melvins I never heard of. I never heard that name in my life. But yeah. I was, and I didn't. I did like I said, like I told you earlier, I didn't have a drive to work today or a drive home from work today to check out these CDs like I usually do. Like that's how I usually listen to these CDs is like driving. And I'm typing in a messenger my favorite my like list while I'm driving, you know, as safe as that is. But I the Melvins I actually enjoyed. I actually enjoyed them. They were punk and they were heavy and they were good. Like I actually enjoyed them. Yeah. So I mean, I enjoy a good punk band when they're actually good. A lot of punk bands suck ass. But I actually enjoyed this band to a, a degree. So well done, Chancy. You get applause. And I enjoyed them. Like the Melvins were good, and I enjoyed the CD. I did. I won't. I mean, out of these three, it might be the CD I enjoyed the least, but that's a high bar to hit. So, I mean, it doesn't mean shit, basically, because yeah. Camelot and I never heard of Cellar Dweller, but I will be checking out their other CDs now because of CJ here. So, because I love concept albums, I love concept albums. Like they. Concept albums get me hard is basically the best way to put it. 
So, <laughs> like, little, little too personal there, but. <laughs> oh, if you knew me, that's not personal at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, uh, but yeah, concept albums are my thing. I mean, Avantasia, Nightwish, my two favorite bands of all time. Avantasia like, is awesome. I almost brought Avantasia for this. I almost did. I've brought the Scarecrow. And I've brought ghost lights. I was gonna bring a different one for this, but yeah, I got I, a really good I got a really good friend who sang on the Ghost Lights record. Who? Adri Adriana Collin. Oh God. Mm. <laughs> From Seven Spiders. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah. She's, but uh sang with Sasha Pates, Master of Ceremonies. Mm. Now she's out on tour with uh um Oh, Sasha Pates was part of um, Camelot as well for this mm-hmm. album. But well, for for producer, yeah, for producer, but yeah, he's yeah. he's actually uh, original part of uh, um, <sighs> yeah, I can't think of it, but I, I, I know who you're talking. Um, I, I know who you're talking about, but um, but anyways, um, the, the the guy who does Avantasia. Uh, Tobias Sammet. Tobias Sammet. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a band with Tobias. Um, so, oh, Ed, yeah. Ed Guy? Yeah, that's it. I um, One of my friends on, on Facebook, Andrew Johan Douche, or how do I pronounce his name, um, he just did like one of those, like, all this my 10 favorite bands, and you named your favorite song by them. And one of the bands he listed was Ed Guy. And I was like, King of Fools, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but- Ed Guy will be getting a bracket. Avantasia and Ed Guy will be getting brackets on the show eventually. Trust me. But because I love Ed Guy, like it's just classic '90s British rock. But metal, metal the way metal was intended to be played. Exactly, exactly. But (laughs) but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I love concept albums. Like that's my thing. Like. Two of my favorite yeah. bands do concept albums, and a lot of my top yeah. thirty bands do concept albums because it's just my thing. Yeah. I mean, even in, even Insane Clown Posse does concept albums in, to a degree, so I it's my thing. But I enjoy this band, Chansey. You've done well today. You Maybe that's them. the thing for a future show we can do down the line too. Is each each one of us brings our favorite concept album? Interesting, because I'd love to see what Chansey's is. But <laughs> I have a feeling it'd be like Tommy by the Who or something. But Nah. Or I don't know. He, he could figure out something. <laughs> I'm not. I'd have to. I'd have to scrounge out and see if I could find one. Because I mean, it's not that I don't like concept well, albums. It's just that. Well, I mean, I if, haven't. If you if you already didn't bring adultery by Dark Christian Disco, that'd be a good. That'd be a good. I album. know, dude. I don't know if you, I would almost think about bringing it back if if it's solely for we a concept we, album. We, I, we don't double dip. I get that. But if we're doing it for a theme-based thing, then... There's already so much music in this world, you don't double-dip, no matter what. But I don't know, man. For as far as... as if I'm going to have to go with the concept album, I would have to say that probably Adultery would be my my favorite concept album because I of mean, the story I mean, it does tell. I might allow it only because that was my first impression of Dogfish and Disco, and I've my love for Dogfish and Disco has grown a lot since then, so I might give it a re-listen just for that reason. But they're fucking—it's so bad, man, so bad. But, I wish those guys would come around more often. But well, are they even together anymore? I forget if they're yeah. back together or not. But yeah, because I know they all broke up and formed their own bands and then came back together. Oh well, yeah, that was yeah. They broke up a long time ago and they got back together in the teens and then 
you know, the the Rona hit and do they even perform those songs anymore or do they just do their new music? Oh yeah. Are you on like No, no, they do their like if it depends on what they have available cuz like um they had a a band open up for them. I think it's, I think the name of the band was called Gigi and the Money Make and her Money Makers or something like that. And they had a horn section which allowed them to do so many different stuff, like just so much off of their committed to a bright future album. Like they were able to do Pogo the Clown, all those other things because they had the actual horn section to go with it. It's it's funny, CJ, because we did a serial killers bracket on a paranormal show. And when John when John Wayne Gacy came up, uh, Chancey did a little bit of a version of the course from Pogo the Clown. Nice. It's nice. it's a cla- it's a classic mode of my paranormal episode there. But um, Ch- Chancey, for your CD, what were your top five? Uh, I actually had an honorable mention on mine. Uh, that was Going Blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, number five for me was Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four was Sky Pup. Uh, number three was Hooch. Uh, number two was Spread Eagle Beagle, and then number one was Honey Bucket. <gasps> we met yeah. number one. We met number Honey, one. Honey Bucket. I I just I really dig Honey Bucket because of the fact that it's like it's like it's like a grungy punk metal. It is, yeah. And well, it's really different for what they normally do. For sure, like it's. I'll, I'll get into why I love it when I get to mine, but still, like it was just a, it was, uh, it was my number one as well. So I'll get into it though when I get to mine. But CJ, what were your top five for Chancey's album? Uh, for number five, I have Hooch. For number four, I have Copetti, because I love just the grind of that song. Yeah. Um, number three is Set Me Straight. Uh, number two is Going Blind. I love that they did a kiss song and just turned it on its head. And uh, is is that a kiss song? Yeah. yeah. And, I never uh, heard that. Number one, we all matched. I have Honey Bucket. So. <laughs> so. Well, I am amazed. I never heard that because I am a huge, huge Gene Simmons slash Kiss fan. Like I am a huge it's a Gene kiss Simmons fan. song too. So oh, I I think kiss- Going Blind is on. God, I want to say it's on Dynasty. I don't know their albums like that, but I mean, yeah. I, I am to, a huge, I'm a huge Kiss fan. They'll begin a bracket on the show eventually too. But I want to say it's on Dynasty. Um, almost positive it's on Dynasty. Kiss. I, I mean, yeah, it's oh, it's, it's on Hotter Than Hell. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, but mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I mean. <laughs> I love Kiss, but I also love that Valen J gave him shit. Like when he was like, Gene Simmons, Psycho Circus, you stole my shit. But yeah. like, I, I that love was that. a terrible record. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a terrible record. I, I, I've heard that before and I'm not surprised. But I like, I like their 70s, 80s shit. Like that's why I like for Kiss, their 70s, 80s shit. Like I'm a big fan of the 80s and early 90s shit. Like yeah. I like the no makeup Kiss. Much better than <laughs> the early stuff, like when um, they just look like when they just look like the Jews, they are, yeah, yeah, you know. But is, you know, there's something about that era that there was just Bruce Cullick had a different guitar sound, and it was much beefier than what Ace was well, or 
anyone. So we'll be getting into Kiss eventually when we do the bracket for them. No worries there. But because see, Kiss isn't one of those bands where I can bring on a full album because there's not any full album there's I really love. Like I like their hits and like I like we, we could do easily do a 32 60, or 64 bracket of theirs and I'd be in heaven. But I can't do one of their full albums because there's a lot of songs or albums I just don't like. But yeah. Asylum would probably be the only Kiss record for me mm. that I could just do the whole record. Yeah. Other than that, it would very much be pick and choose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but for and Chanty, I did get an, I did get one honorable mention for your CD because I I did enjoy it, but I mean, just it wasn't my usual thing, but I did enjoy it. So my, yeah. my honorable mention was Capache because of the guitar. Yeah, and then number five was Night Goat, which no one else mentioned. When I was amazed because Night Goat's a damn good song. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. Number four is Going Blind because I did love that song. I didn't realize it was a Kiss remake, but it was really good. Number three was Lizzie. Number two was Set Me Straight, which I don't think anybody else mentioned, but I do. I love that song. Like Set Me Straight was a damn good song. And then number one, uh, as everybody else, was Honey Bucket because the first one minute and thirty seconds of that song were fucking incredible, fucking incredible. Like the first minute and a half of that song are fucking incredible with the guitar solo and everything else. Like I fucking loved it. Like. Like I was listening to the CD and I was like, I was editing our last episode of the show that we did this past Saturday, and I like, I was listening to that song and I was, I was like, what is this? And like I went and looked at this name of the song. I'm like, I have to write this down. I have to write this down. Like it's so fucking good. Yeah. And like I actually wrote it down like right as that minute and a half was right as that minute right as that minute and a half was ending. Oh, you just woke up, baby girl. I know. But they were actually sleeping for like the last hour and a half, so it's been. All- <laughs> The one still sleeping, but the other, the big one's yawning loud as fuck. But but yeah, so Chancy, good job. I I'm happy you brought the Melvins. What was your original choice? Some sugar CD? Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, when I when uh, when I was talking to you, yeah. But when I was looking around for stuff, I was thinking about bringing Raised in Black, which is a it's like an industrial like symphonic style. It would have been right in line with the other two you guys picked. But like I'm, super underground, like yeah. I never, I never heard of them, and I almost wish you brought them. They, 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 did, a, they did a Metallica tribute, like a yeah, like an industrial Metallica tribute. Well, that was really amazing. Um, so well, I've always, I've always been a huge fan of Ramel. Yeah, but that I would have been down with that one too. That would have been another one. I would have been totally like to see, you know, because it's. Uh, again, it's a band that most people would not think of. Oh so. no, yeah, and I got to thank Stacy for showing that one to me. She she definitely came in clutch on that one. Yeah, there's they're 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 great. Like if if you're into that style of music, then you know. Well, yeah, the, my first exposure to them was Oh My Goth, and I was like, Oh my God, I'm this is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's a crazy thing about. The crazy thing about music, it's the best thing about music, is you literally have the ability to change classic songs in amazing ways. You have ways to create things that are so outside of the box most people would never think of. And you have the ability where your only limitation is where your mind can wander to. I mean, you have 
you have people like DJ Morgoth who take Willow Smith in Creator and mix them together to make these incredible mashups. You have yeah. people who remixes Race in Black who took Metallica and completely turned it on its head and turned it into this industrial synthwave type of thing. And it sounds incredible. You know, you have Iron Horse, who has done a dozen bluegrass tribute bands, everybody from Green Day to Metallica to uh, fucking Tom Petty, you know, and they've taken these classic songs and turned them into bluegrass songs. Um, oh, and I, I meant to say earlier, not to de-age both of you, but my first concert at um, 11 years old, 12 years old, was Smash Mouth. And no, I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell people that, Jeremy. I, I, I tell people that just to tell them that it fucking was horrible. We actually left before they even got to the good songs. Like, I mean, I've seen worse bands. I've... I, I was literally in sixth grade, and like my whole sixth grade class was at that concert. And our, and our, and our, like, it was a, it was, it was the original capital of New York, but it was still like a small city. And like my whole sixth grade class was there basically with their parents. And like my parents, like halfway through a concert, were like, you guys want to go? And we're like, yeah, my brother and me, who my brother's in fourth grade, I'm in six. And he's like, they're like, you want to go? And we're like, yeah, let's go. Cause they didn't even get to all star. I'm a believer. And like the rest of the shit was just garbage. Like I laughed the other day because I was looking at the concert announcements. And when I seen the concert that's coming up, I had to laugh. In 1991, I went to see Living Color. Oh, I fucking love Living Color. Now, whoever the sound guy was that night deserved to be drugged into the street by his testicles and beaten by a bag of wet spaghetti. Because he was fucking horrible and he ruined the concert. It was the worst concert I've ever heard in my life. The band did not deserve the sound treatment that this sound guy gave them. You couldn't hear Corey singing at all. You couldn't hear the guitars. The only time you heard Vernon playing guitar was when he climbed up on the top of the guitar amps and was standing up there. The drums were so loud that's all you heard the entire night was just a doom, 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 doom. It was terrible. The only concert I've ever demanded my money back. Well, I mean, oh, I'm trying to think. There was a concert I went to like that and I can't think of who the fuck was playing, but like it was just a horrible sound. Like, yeah. I forget who it was now, but I mean, I've seen Motley Crue, I've seen Aerosmith, I've seen, I've seen Poison, I've seen Lita Ford, and like they all had amazing sound. And who the fuck was that? And like, I can't even think of who. I mean, I saw Cradle, I saw Cradle of Filth, which is one of my favorite bands, and they sounded oh. fucking incredible. I demanded my money back. The club manager said well i can't give you your money back but i can give you free tickets to the next concert what's the next concert i said well it's winger and lynch mob opening for extreme give me the tickets i fucking love extreme so i laughed yesterday when i looked at the concert announcements to find out that living color is on tour opening for extreme and i was just like that's fucking hilarious that 30 years after I seen Extreme because Living Color sucked, 
Living Color is now opening for Extreme. So I'm going to... Whoa, wait, wait. Living Color didn't suck. The sound guy fucked him. Okay, let me rephrase that. The Living Color concert sucked. There we go. There we go. Okay. Let me me tell you. Chanty brought In Living Color on this show once. They're an incredible band. Oh, dude. I mean, I, I, I still I still haven't figured out how to play Cult of Personalities guitar riff on my guitar. I mean, I, I, I like them to a degree, but other than Cult of Personality, I didn't really dig any of the other tracks fully. Oh, what fucking so, letter to the open letter to the landlord? Like, what I, the fuck are you talking about? Dude, I'm a devotee. Every time someone mentions Tom Morello. Oh, yeah. All due respect, I like Tom. But if they're like Tom Morello, Tom Morello, Tom Morello, I'm kind of like, but have you heard Vernon? Yeah, dude, fucking Vernon, man. I mean, and they're like, who? Yeah, exactly. Like the The guy who created the sound that Tom ended up copying, basically. I mean, the the only reason I know Tom Morello's name is because because of Guitar Hero, because you're gonna lock him. Yeah, but it's only because he copped his entire style from two other guitarists. Well, like. you, you, just descri- you just described the music industry. But I'm saying, like, Tom Morello, everybody, oh, Tom is so innovative. No. Tom took Vernon's style and added Buckethead's kill switch right. to his guitar, and that's what it is. You have Vernon Reed with a kill switch, and that's what, what fucking Tom Morello is, you know. Speaking of Guitar Hero, I loved because uh, when they did when they put Colt's personality on Guitar Hero three, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vernon actually came in and recorded a new version mm-hmm. of like the solos. The, I mean, the bass, you know, like the sta- the standard verse tracks are all the, still the same and everything, but the solos he did differently, and uh, I think he made it more difficult for the game itself. Because it's just oh, it's so fucking it's no, sick. That's, that song was impossible to beat, like on hard, like impossible. Yeah, I beat it on they're expert. Super great guys. Well, you're oh, a guitar they're great. Player. You're a guitar player. I'm a I dude. Was a guitar hero. Guitar hero actually helped me be a better guitar player. I mean, it, it would. It would. It was not really. A lot I mean, of people. A lot. A lot of actual like people who have trained or done taken lessons or have done a lot of that stuff. They say that guitar hero is. It's like against their nature because it's not it's it, it doesn't match up here. But for me, it wasn't this. It wasn't this that that helped me for playing guitar. It was this. Yeah. Because like while I'm playing, I'm listening to the notes and I'm like, oh okay. And then I pick up my guitar and I go up the fretboard to try and find these notes. And I'm like, okay, well there's this note. Okay, well realistically speaking, this note's here. Then I got to find this note. Which okay, well there's this note. Well, it's also four buttons versus like what, like seven or well, eight strings. Actually, it's like five or it's like five buttons, if I'm not mistaken. No, four. It was red, green, no, blue, it's yellow, orange. Oh yeah, there was five. Yeah, that if you played hard, if you played hard, there was five. If you played easy, there was five. yeah, yeah. But I, I actually mean, got to, uh, I got to meet Vernon and Will. Uh, nice. Uh, but I actually met them at or after a Fishbone concert. We went to see Fishbone, and they were actually at the show, and we kind of ran into them, and we got to meet them, and that was very mm-hmm. cool. Like, 
I love that they were just kind of hanging out in the crowd at a Fishbone concert. Um, nice. And uh, Fishbone is another one of those bands, dude, that you, you got to see them live to really understand what they do because they are just one of the craziest, funnest live shows you'll ever see, man. Just Well, I mean, you know. the show I mentioned before was the best live show I've ever been to. Like, I... I got to do. I got this. I got to hang out and smoke cigarettes with scum and do shots with and do like Jaeger bombs with them. I got to fucking to get my picture taken with like Young Wicked and uh, Bones Dub of Axe Murder Boys. I got to fucking get my picture taken with like Sex Master. Like I got to meet Q-Tip at that concert. Like that concert was dope. It was at the smallest venue in Worcester, Mass. Which anybody who knows Massachusetts knows that's a juggalo town. And like I got to meet so many artists at that show, like it was fucking incredible. Like, I I mean I knew some of the artists who were like local artists, like I'd known them from Facebook and shit, like years before, like Cadaver and shit like that. But and, and apparently Casket the monster performed there too, but I just didn't know who he was yet because he wasn't dating Misty yet, and I I knew his now almost wife Misty before that because she's a hot Facebook model. So. Mm. <laughs> but, I think one of the juggalo rappers I got to meet who was cool as fuck, and that was Gmo. Gmo Ski. Oh, oh my Gmo god. Gmo was hilarious. I, I, but he's a tiny little dude. Like he, he's, he's, he's tiny as shit, but I would love yeah. to meet him. Like yeah. when he when I saw the video of him drop kick drop kicking like a hater off the stage, like that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's he's a spaz, bro. Like he's a complete spaz, but funny as fuck and really cool dude. Like oh I I have to bring Gmo on this show so far, but the problem is we don't get a lot of people who bring rap albums. That's the problem. And like, if, if people don't bring rap, I don't want to bring rap into it. Cause then like, it's like, do you even like rap? Like it's yeah. one of those things. Like, like I did, I did bring uh Snoop Dogg like a couple episodes ago against Nirvana and Alice in Chains because it was the guy See, I- told me, the guy originally wanted to bring Wu-Tang like yeah. 36 Chambers, but Chance Ure brought that in a previous episode, so I he couldn't bring it, but I knew he liked rap then, so since he brought like Nirvana's In Utero from 93, I brought um, Snoop Dogg's. Doggy, Dogg. Yeah, Doggy Style. Yeah. I'm the dude, I would bring like if I was doing hip-hop or doing rap, I would bring Vinnie Paz or uh, Immortal Tech, I would bring Apathy or Diabolic or Chris Webby or oh somebody like that, you know. Like I would bring more of the we, we underground. We, um, we oh well, already the rugged man, somebody Chris, like that, you know. Chris Webby was already brought in the show once because we have a friend named Q from Bracket Bachelor's podcast. Well, a, nice. fr- a friend slash associate from Bracket Bachelor's podcast who he worships Chris Webby and like right he brought so man. I chance he doesn't think so, and I I, I, I know I get it. Like I'm on the fence. I I I I, res, I respect what he does, and I like his music to a degree. But like he will never Webby's match. A goof. Like you know, Webby is one of them guys who he's he's kind of a goof. So you gotta just take it for what it is. Um, you know, so um, you know, like I said, I'm one of them guys. I don't listen to a lot of mainstream stuff so me, me either me either but I, I, you know i'm go, I'm always gonna bring something kind I, of left field but well i mean i i i love that but i mean because i you'll never see me bring anybody pop on the show ever yeah. oh yeah like i, I, I hate I, pop, I, I hate 
like we like our our associate Q's wife brought Lincoln Park on the show because she's yep. like a pop person, and that's like that's 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 as pop as all get. It's like it's like Lincoln Park or like one of those bands I grew up with, and like I I brought Savage Garden because I wanted to bring something she would actually listen to. And I love Savage I, Garden. I I love Savage Garden because like when it comes to romantic songs, they have it nailed. Yeah. But Darren is. Uh, Darren's probably one of the best concerts I've gone to. His solo show. Darren oh. Hayes is a fucking phenomenal singer. Oh, I I mean, I would I would love to see Savage Garden live. I would, because like their two albums they did were fucking incredible. But but I mean, and like Chansey brought Van Hale into that show because that was as pop as he gets. But <laughs> No, it's not necessarily about as pop as I get, but can't go wrong with Van Halen though. I mean fucking A, man. And, and he he brought the self-titled album as well. But it's fucking Van Halen. It's Van Halen, bro. Like, oh, I, I'm not gonna hate Van Halen. I love Running with the Devil, which was on that CD. Like, I love Running with the Devil. Like, that's one of my favorite songs. So, like, that's been my theme song since I was a teenager. So, I was gonna bring 1984 to that episode, but have I figured out Junior's grades. Have you seen Junior's grades, dude? When I finally learned. When I finally learned how to play that on guitar, because I was playing it the hard way, so I would like do the actual A chord and then the three five on that A D on the A D string. I don't know. I'm I can't read music, so you'll have to forgive me. So I'm literally going da about guy like I'm playing the whole chord, like the power chord. So I'm doing all this extra bullshit that I don't need to fucking do. And my buddy's like, "No, nah, dude, this is what he does." So it just you know just does this thing. I didn't pick up my guitar for like a month. I was like, "Man, fuck that." God damn it, Eddie. How dare you fucking deceive me in such a fashion? All right. That's the thing. Like, I, I, Van Halen, we, bro. Go ahead. Sorry. We have to. It's almost two hours. We got to end this episode. But Okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we'll, we are definitely going to have CJ back on, if not a monthly basis, like on a recurring basis, because I feel like we can go deep with this guy and he'll fucking get a lot of the shit we're into. But before we go, I got to ask, do you like Power Wolf? Um, I don't dislike Power Wolf. Um, <laughs> they're not somebody that I would listen to every single day, but I can. <laughs> they're not somebody that I would turn. This is this is the way I put a lot of records. It's not something that I would put in the CD player, but it's not something that I would run over and take out of the CD player either. You know what I'm saying? All right. Respect, um, I respect that. I respect so, that. So, yeah, like if somebody put it on, I'd be completely 100% okay with it. Uh, but, well, well, yeah, the not next, my the, first choice. The, ne- the next time you come on, sir, bring your Christian rapper who you said has four albums and it's freaking amazing. And I, I'm dying to listen to him. So, NF. I, yeah, I can't wait to hear NF. And I have an album in mind. I've been waiting to bring it on for six to months to uh almost a year at this point because we've, we've been doing this podcast right. for a while now and i i've been dying to bring this album on i brought one of their albums on when it was just a me and chancy episode well it was supposed to be a guest but the guest had a family emergency and had to back out for a week so me and chancy did a solo so i've been tr- i've been dying to bring another one of their albums on and we'll get there but we'll see i'm not gonna even re- even after we get off live i'm not gonna reveal it because i wanted to be a- I want. I want to be surprised. This album is one of my favorite albums of all time. But, but I'm cool with it. Whatever it is, like even if it's something I hate, I'll listen to it and get my opinion on it. Because I, whatever. If, I mean. if, 
if if you're down with scum and you're down with other underground rap artists, I doubt you're gonna hate it. I really do, and I I guarantee you it's an album you like. But yeah, I, I probably very likely will like it. You I mean, know, if, so. if you if you like scum, there's nothing they do that's more corrupt, any more corrupt than scum, what scum sings about. So, <laughs> but where can they find you, CJ? That's that's the last part of this. Um, it's real easy. Go into Google, type in Music God CJ Plane. Um, pretty much everything will pop up. You can go on YouTube. You can look up the Noise Report. It's Noise with a Z. Uh, or you can look up Music God Reacts. Uh, that's the reaction channel. Uh, the website is riotonthesetmedia.rocks. Um, there's a bunch of stuff there. I'm still kind of trying to get content on there. I've had the website forever, and I rarely remember to post to it because... I'm a lazy bastard and I'm going to college to be a record producer. And, you know, I don't know why at 52 years old, it's a good idea to be a record producer now. Um, mostly because I've been doing it for my friends locally for 10 years and not getting paid for it. And I figured, Hey, maybe I want to get paid for this shit at some point. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, just, just type in my name as you see it right there on the screen, you know, I'm all over Google and YouTube and um, you'll see all the reviews I've written for different online sites and you'll see my website, my YouTube, um, my Facebook is on there. Pretty much all of my social media is music God CJ playing just one word, uh, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok are on uh, Facebook. I think it's just CJ playing facebook.com slash blah 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 um cj plane but that'll come up if you type in music god as well so that's kind of the moniker to look for just type in the music god and um you know that'll and be if me and if, and if it's saying clown posse to pop up you know it's him but chancy you know what to do well i mean outside of the book of faces I can be found on uh, TikTok and Instagram at the Red Eye Roundtable. On Twitter, it's uh, Red Eye Table because, you know, fuck you, Elon. You won't let me put all the letters in there, you son of a bitch. Right. Uh, you know, I'll do it. You know, as many shows as I can get a hold of. We'll podcast for exposure. If you can't find me there, then I would check the uh, void. Well, if you're outside the void looking, you know you, you know me. I will expose myself for podcasts. And you can also find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant. Or you can find both of us on Paranormal Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast or the S Facebook group. Name changing soon. Chance we talk about this week. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you can find me on Twitter and the gram as that Juggalo Bastard. You can find me on Tiki Talkie. You can find both of us on Tiki Talkie as at Juggalo Bastard Podcasts. Name change coming soon. And you could find me on both of us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings, which where this is streaming right now is one of many locations. And until next time, you muser lovers. Yeah, sick muser lovers. Mm, you love us. But until next time, we've been thankful to have CJ on because it's been a fucking two-hour blast. And he will be on, if not on a monthly basis, on a very regular recurring basis. Yeah, I we they get just, to have a we get to have a guest that loves music as much as CJ does. So yeah, 
Just just give me 30 minutes of warning and I can make it happen. <laughs> I will I will be shooting you what we have open from June forward tomorrow. Don't worry. Awesome. And I, well, after after June, it's pretty much open all. Yeah. all Thanks for having me on, guys. Seriously. Like our this pleasure. Was, this is as much fun as I've had on any show I've ever done. So fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. But after June, it's pretty much open every every month. So we'll 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 be in discussion. But we may just skip May, but maybe we can get a, maybe we can get a weekend showing or something. We'll see. But until until I'm next time, in, until next time, just sit there and take care of yourself. Till your musers get back. Peace out, everybody. Say goodbye, Chancy. Goodbye, Chancy. <laughs> was 15 Like a black rose blooming wild And she already knew She was gonna die She got weaker every day flew by until one day she told him this is when I die Fell to steep, and the 